Praise the Lord. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would, Psalm 8. Remember the Lord. What a blessing. What a blessing. I appreciate that. Appreciate that special. Appreciate the message and uh, the duet. What a great job they did. Psalm 8. Look with me. Four words. O Lord, our Lord. One of the things that I will occasionally do is I will go and I will look at past messages that I've preached over the last year to year and a half and just really see, uh, you know, how the Lord had been dealing with certain passages of Scripture in my life and, and spoken to me and helped me and encouraged me. And as we've walked through the Psalms, um, all of them have been wonderful, but there are certain Psalms that really just jump off the page. And there are certain portions of Scripture, and there are certain phrases that just jump off the page. And last week, we had the opportunity, or actually early this week, we had the opportunity to go and, and uh, meet with Brother Scott before he went into surgery. Um, and he's doing well. And, and uh, as we were heading out, we went and, you know, did everything that we needed to do at the church. The very next day, Brother Scott had texted me. He was recovering at the house. And and uh, this is just something that the Lord occasionally does to confirm some things or really to direct you and to see if you are truly uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and I began to think about this as I was reading the text message. He had sent a text message talking about how uh, he was healing and doing great and, and he was just kind of sharing some encouraging words. And then he made a statement at the very end about Psalm 8. And I said, man, that's, that's so strange. It's not strange. The Lord does those things. And as I was reading that, I began to, to look at that text, and I began to pray and, and said, Lord, if this, is, if this is where you would have for us to go, then uh, confirm some things. And so through some time in prayer, I pray this will be a help to you. Psalm 8, notice those four words. O Lord, our Lord. This morning we've gathered together at the house of God, and as we've come to the house of God, one of the things that you notice in verse number 1 and in verse number 9 is that the statement is found in both of those verses. Notice what it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Verse number 9, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. I'll share with you for just a moment. I love certain names. There are certain names that just really just have a pop to them and have a, a great sound to them. Or you hear certain names and you think about certain individuals. I love the name Kelly because that's my wife's name. When I hear that name, I think about her. When I hear the name Jackson, I love that name because it's my son. When I hear Charlie, I, I think about my son and Holly. There are certain names that just jump off the page. My name, The name Theodore is my grandfather's name. And I, I think about that, Robert being my grandfather, my Opa's name. And there are certain names that when you hear them, you say, oh, I just love that name. Why? Because it means so much to you. But can I share with you, there's no other name like the name Jesus. That's just a name above all other names. It's a name that stands out. It's a name that encourages you and helps you and reminds you that, man, what a Savior He is. Oh, Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Psalm 8 begins to go through, and as it begins to walk through and deal with some things that begin to start with praise, if you would. And then David, a psalm of David, begins to deal with some things that he is thinking about in his position and the Lord's position in his own life and what the Lord has accomplished. And it's as though David, as he is writing this psalm here, as he is speaking, as he says, O Lord, our Lord, it's as though he is standing back in awe. 
And I don't know about you, but there are times whenever I'm sitting under the preaching of the Word of God or if I'm in my study or if I'm in a special meeting and I'm listening to a revival meeting or if there are certain times whenever I'm hearing a song and I stand back, it's as though those times when you stand back, you just see the Lord for who He truly is. And it's as though David, as he takes a step back, if you would, it's as though he says, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name. Above all others... You continue reading on down, you begin to see what is taking place. In verse number 3, he begins to make mention of some things. He says, when I consider. Now look, there's a lot to consider when you start thinking on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot to consider. You begin to consider His, his birth and as He is born to die, knowing that He was going to endure the cross one day for you and for me. There's a lot as he is going from the cross into his earthly ministry as you begin to think about birth to the earthly ministry to the cross and then now his dealings in our lives personally. One of the things I love when I begin to think about the Lord is how personal he is to me, but I love and I rejoice when you share testimonies about what he's doing in your life. Oh Lord, our Lord. What a blessing. As you come to this portion of Scripture, you see three things that really jump off the page in verses 1 through 9. Notice with me, number one, we see God's name is being praised here. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Now, you notice there, there are two different mentions here. O Lord, that first, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Our Lord there, as you come to this portion of Scripture, you'll begin to see, O Lord, our Lord, that it jumps off and it begins to speak of Jehovah, the Sovereign One. But then also, you come and you see Adonai, the Sovereign Lord, the Master, the King or Governor. He goes on and says, How excellent is thy name in all the earth. That word excellent speaks of being mighty, being majestic, being magnificent, standing out, if you would. It's not just like another name. It's kind of like if you were to uh, enter into the presence of a, a gathering and uh, you're, you're trying to be very cordial and you're trying to be, be very friendly and you're, you're welcoming guests and you're, you're looking at people and you're just shaking people's hands. And if these, this row right here, if I were to, to walk into the church and I were to see them, I'd begin to shake their hands and just welcome them. But as soon as maybe my family walks in, I, I walk over to Miss Kelly and I, I don't just shake her hand, I, I embrace her, I wrap my arms around her. I might give her a kiss on the cheek. I lean down and I might grab Jackson, Holly, and Charlie, and I just wrap my arms around. Why? Because it's different. And I don't know about you, but as you read Psalm 8, verse number 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. And I can have conversations. I don't mind. I'm not usually, if I'm out and about, you know, I have to really make myself be the one who is initially going to start that conversation. I can do it. I'm okay with it. And as we begin to talk, we might talk about certain things, and we might talk about sports, we might talk about, you know, my family, we might talk about, you know, uh, politics or the weather or something that we have in common. But if someone begins to ask me about Jesus, I'll tell you right now, I'm just going to continue talking. Why? Because there's too much to talk about. You start talking about your testimony. You start talking about how he's made a difference in your life and what he's done in your life. You start talking about certain times in your life whenever you go back and you look and you see that was the hand of God. That was the Lord doing a great work in my life. And I wonder if you were to go home today and you were to sit in some silence for just a few moments. 
and you were to truly think on the Lord's work in your life, and you were just to begin to think on Jesus Christ from the the moment that He was born, born to die, and as He went through that earthly ministry that we get to read about, and all that He did, and He endured the cross, and now He's personally dealing with you in your personal life. If it brings tears to your eyes. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that many times we go back to if we were to have a time where we just take turns sharing our testimonies, I would imagine there'd be a, a lot of tissue boxes out. It'd, be, it'd almost be one of those things where we'd have someone right here and if someone walked up, we'd just go ahead and hand them a tissue box because it's hard to talk about your testimony and what God's done in your life without crying about it. Why? Because it's by His grace. His mercy. Look, I don't know about you, but if, if I had continued on the path that I thought I would continue on, I wouldn't be standing before you right this very moment. It's only by the grace of God right this very moment. Some of you have shared testimony after testimony about you were doing this and doing that and you were headed down this road, but then all of a sudden Jesus stepped in and made a difference in your life. If it wasn't for Jesus, where would you be today? And you begin to think about that. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. I love my, pa- my family, and I love my children, and I love my, the church family, but the name of Jesus is above all other names. I love talking about you, and I love talking about our church. I love talking to you. But if I ever get to the place where I love talking about you more than I love talking about my Savior, then I've missed the mark of a preacher. I've missed the mark of a Christian. The difference that Jesus Christ makes in our life is not just a, a, a difference that we say, oh yeah, there's a difference. No, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ dying on the cross, where would I be? You think about this name. As he says, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Notice with me for just a moment. I love reading verses and seeing the, the exclamation points or the periods or you know quotations or certain things like that. And you can ask... Many of the the people that grew up with me, I I remember being in English class, and I hated English class. Did not fare well for someone who was called to preach. Tell you that. Hello, I I didn't mind math. I enjoyed math. History is history. You know, it's just kind of something you know you, you you remember because of events and timelines and things like that. But English was not one of my favorite classes. I remember. Sitting there, and, and I remember, I could not remember what a verb was. And so I leaned over to what, who is my sister-in-law now, and I leaned over and I said, what's a verb? Remind what's a verb. I mean, I'm in high school at this point. You're thinking, you didn't know what a verb was? I'm telling you, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't tell you serious. And so I'm in college and having to take classes still and, 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 and uh, get serious about grammar and English and certain things like that. And we were joking the other day, Brother John had asked me if I had sent my uh, uh, the, the bulletin note that we put in our bulletins, and I said, ah, and I haven't sent it yet. And I said, I'm thinking about just not doing those anymore, just put a, uh, one in there at one time. And Miss, Mich- I said, no one reads those things anyways. And Miss Michelle Kramick says, oh, I'll read them to see all the mistakes you make. I said, yeah, you would. And many of you others probably are out there saying, oh, he missed something right here, he did this. You, you're right. And I also just preached a message where the, the title was, Something Ain't Right, all right? And so... Uh, it's just it's just how it is. But grammar has just not been something that I've ever enjoyed. And then as I began to preach, I began to notice certain things that were taking place in Scripture. O oh Lord, our Lord. Notice this. How excellent is thy name in all the earth? Exclamation point. There's a difference there. That's with some enthusiasm. That's with some excitement. That's with some emphasis there that, hey, this isn't just a a period here. No, it needs to be understood. How excellent is thy name? Exclamation point here. 
This name is an excellent name. As you begin to think about this name here being an excellant name, the Bible says in Psalm 148, verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heaven. It's an exalted name. Psalm 34, verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. As we walk into the house of God, we don't all only just have to be excited about his name. We get to exalt the name of Jesus Christ together as we do it in song, as we do it by praising his name together. It's an exalted name. It's an everlasting name. Psalm 135, 13, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever in thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. It's an exclusive name. Isaiah 45, verse number 22. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God. Notice this, and there is none else. There is none else. Listen, there, there are certain times whenever I come to the Word of God and I get excited as I begin to think about what He's doing in my life, what He's doing in our local church, but then there are times whenever I sit back and I just think on the Lord Jesus Christ alone and how wonderful He truly is. I love reading about different things that are taking place in this nation and how the Lord is not only working in Gateway Baptist Church, but He's working in other churches. He's working in other people's lives. He's working in other ministries. He's working in other nations. You know why? Because God Almighty is not held captive to one location. He doesn't have to pick and choose which ministry He's going to start working on on Monday and He has to stop on Tuesday. Matter of fact, He looks and says, hmm, what am I going to do today? How many am I going to work on? Who's willing to be worked on? As I begin to think about that in my own personal life, I wonder, oh Lord, our Lord, how often do I praise Him? I'll tell you right now, not enough. Not enough. Oh Lord, our Lord. Verse number 1, He says, How excellent is Thy name in all the earth. There is none like Him. Notice with me number 2. We begin to see as David here says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. He goes on to begin pondering about some things or thinking on some things, if you would. He's looking at details and he is beginning to describe some things that are taking place in his mind that is being evident here. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. That word ordained speaks of appointing or founding, if you would. That word strength speaks of a stronghold, a fortress, because of thine enemies. Still, the enemy and the avenger, when I consider that statement, when I consider, it means to observe, to regard, to give ear or attention to. And he goes on to say, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. Now, many of you know this, but I hate summer. How many of you are with me? Okay, only a few of you. Here's why I hate summer. I hate summer because as soon as I walk out of here, I'm going to have to go home, I'm going to have to hang this up, and as I walk inside, I'm going to be drenched in sweat. Okay? And as I go outside certain times, as I think about all that God has done, my favorite season is fall. Now, how many of you would say, okay, I do like summer, but my favorite season is fall? Okay, we can agree on there. Don't be mad at me because I hate summer, all right? But I love fall. But yet, just a couple of days ago, I walked outside and said, man, it is a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. Now, the next two weeks are going to be upper 90s into the 100s, and that's just, that's not beautiful to me, all right? Amen. Amen. But as I walk outside sometimes, and I'm standing there, as I took our new dog, Nash, out last night, I was just standing outside, and I was just looking, and I was thinking, it's a pretty night. And guess what? As I stand there, I can stand there, and you can too. As we walk outside and we see the beautiful creation around us, we can say, 
My God did that. You walk outside in the evenings and you look up and you begin to see the stars or maybe you're one of those who might lay down on the ground and you look up and you just gaze at the stars. You can look up and say, man, ain't God wonderful. He did that. Notice with me in verses 2 and 3 what are taking place here. It says in verse number 2, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. You need to think about that. When I consider, you think about all that God has been doing and what he is trying to do, and God begins to reveal things in a way that only God can do so. The Bible goes on to remind us of the simple fact that God is almighty and that he is in control of all things. In Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And that verse right there, that word still means to, to relax, if you would. He is saying, relax, calm down, if you would. And no, that means it speaks of clearly understanding that I am God. I'm the one who can handle all this. I'm the one who can do all this. I'm the one who controls all this. I'm the one that filters all of this. I am in control. You don't have to worry. It's kind of like a child that is walking up to their parents And that parent is in control of the situation, but that child is walking up frantic trying to explain that, hey, just so you know, this is taking place. And that that parent says, hold on, I've got it. I've got it under control. Everything's fine. As you think about the Lord in your own personal life and pondering some things in your life, I wonder when was the last time that you not only meditated on the name of Jesus Christ, but you meditated on His dealings with you. I I go back. Anytime we approach... Camp time. I go back in my personal life. And I'll tell you what, camp is a special place, has a special place in my heart. There are so many memories at camp that I have. I remember the times of just sitting there under the preaching, but I remember that moment when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior and the Lord had been dealing with me. And, and we know this to be true. I never get offended. There are times whenever I'll go to camp and I'll say, you know what, I just preached on that and I just preached on that. And young people are coming forward. As though some revelation, you know, it's, it's new to them. And I don't get offended by that. Here's why. Because sometimes it takes a different voice. And I wonder sometimes in our own lives, as you begin to sit down and you begin to meditate on God's dealings in your life. And I think about camp. I think about that moment I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. And I think about Bible college when God began to form some things in my heart and began to direct me, and I began to go to Bible college. I had no desire to pastor. I said, I'm going to work with young people, and that's what I want to do, and I went and enrolled for youth ministry and took pastoral classes, or a couple of pastoral classes, but majority of youth ministry classes. Going into my junior year, I was asked to be an RA, and as I was an RA is when the Lord began to form some of those things in my heart. I began to ask and pray and finally surrender, Lord, if you want me to pastor one day, then I'll do that. Then I came to Gateway Baptist Church and was on staff and now pastoring. And and I think about the Lord's dealings along the way. I think about a a group of people voting on a 23-year-old to take the church and be the next pastor. And I think that's only something God could put in their hearts to say, yes, we'll follow. I think about as we were getting a puppy, because we weren't planning on having kids anytime soon. I'm sitting there with my little puppy in my beanbag chair. 
Yeah, y'all voted on a 23-year-old who still sat in a beanbag chair. Just think about that for a few moments. Had my little puppy, and my wife walks out. This is all new to me, holding that pregnancy test, and I'm thinking, what are you, what are you doing? Tears rolling down her eyes, and finally I realize, and I, what am I doing? <laughs> that boy has been one of the biggest blessings in our life. God's dealings along the way, having Holly and what a personality she is going through the miscarriages and God's dealing in those moments and those seasons of life and coming to the season that we're in now where God has been working some amazing things in our church and our personal lives. And the X factor in all of those of the difference maker is very simply that in every single one of those seasons, God was present. God was present. You say, are you telling me that God was present even in the hard times? God was right in the midst of the hard times. As a matter of fact, before I knew the hard times were coming, God was already there preparing everything that was about to take place. And as I've come through those things, I begin to ponder those things. And in verse number 3, he says, when I consider... He goes on to consider the heavens, the handiwork of God. He begins to consider the work of His fingers and the moon and the stars which Thou hast ordained. Can I ask you this question as you come to verse number 1 through 3? David begins to walk down as he starts out by praising the Lord and says, O Lord, our Lord. It's as though it builds up to the moment when he says, when I consider. And he closes out the entire psalm by saying the exact same thing that he started with. As you think about that, David, no doubt, began to ponder some of his own dealings. And you think about your personal walk with the Lord. That word consider, speaking of to observe, to regard, to give attention to. And he says this in verse number 4 and 5. What is man? Who am I? Why would the Lord care about me that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Bible says in Psalm 144, verse 3, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Jeremiah 9, 24, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Let me back up and make sure you got this. In Jeremiah 9, 24, notice again that he understandeth and knoweth me. And I share with you, as you lay your head down on your pillow and you're discouraged, you say, no one cares, God cares. As you lay your head on your pillow and you're discouraged and you're battling some things and you're saying, man, no one understands and no one knows anything. God understands and God knows exactly where you're at and what you're going through. He understands what you're about to face and while He can bring you through it if you would just yield your life to Him. And there are times in our lives where we say, does anything matter? God understands exactly where you're at. He says, just keep pressing on, child. Just keep pressing on. Brother Sean and I were talking before the Sunday school hour and we were talking about sometimes the devil fighting. And there are times whenever either in my personal life or in, our, in, 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 in the, the ministry life or even in just the church, I can sense that the devil is, is tugging. What does that mean? It means you have to stay on guard. You have to ramp some things up. You've got to tighten the range. You've got to hold the, the rope a little bit tighter. I remember my first... Um, obstacle course race we went to the bone frog race we were planning on doing the spartan race and the savage race and 
I had this misunderstanding about these races that, that uh, you know, I, I could just, you know, be strong and get through it, not realizing that you have to, to run as well. And uh, me and my brother-in-law, Troy, and a, a gentleman by the name of Marcus went to these races, and uh, we went to this race, the Bone Frog Race, and it was a small one. I mean, it was only a short one. I think three and a half miles. And uh, I remember I was dying. I mean, dying. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to work up the, the upper body and everything will be fine. And we come around and, I mean, they're, they're like way up on in front of me. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're leaving me in the dust in this first one. Marcus, if you're watching, the last one we ran, you lost. But we, we went and we came around the corner and the, the way that these obstacle course races, any of you ever run one of these before? All right, we're going to have a church outing. We're going to join one of these obstacle courses. The entire church go together, okay? But we come around the corner, and they, the way that they do it is they, they wear your arms out with multiple obstacles. Well, I have not climbed a, a rope since I was in the third grade. I mean, it had been forever. And so I come to this rope climb, and I had completely forgotten how to climb the rope. And so I start just tugging on that thing. And I get about three-quarters of the way up, and I'm thinking, if I fall, this is going to hurt. And any time you fell or, or didn't complete an obstacle, you had to do 15 burpees at these things. So I'm climbing this thing, and I'm thinking, if I don't get to the top, not only am I going to get hurt, but i got to do 15 burpees, and they're, they're going to be done with this race. So I'm thinking of all the embarrassment that's going to set in. I'm thinking of all the, the, th- the jokes that are going to come. I'm thinking of the pain that's going to take place. And so as I'm thinking about this, I just, I gripped that rope a little bit tighter and just quickly made it as quick as I could and tapped. Can I share with you, sometimes that's what the Christian life feels like. You're pulling up on that rope and it's as though you're working and you're you're doing everything you can and you're trying to grow in your walk with the Lord and you're reading your Bible, you're faithful to the house of God, you're serving, you're doing everything that you know to do, but it's as though you can feel Satan's right there wanting to knock you down. Discouragement's setting in. Maybe you're depressed about a situation. Maybe you're facing some circumstances that aren't pleasant. And you're at the top and you're thinking, if I let go, I'm just going to hit rock bottom. Can I share with you, in those moments, grip the rope and keep climbing. As you think about the Christian life, you think about this portion of Scripture, as the psalmist says in verse number 3, when I consider the heavens. I don't know about you, but heaven's sounding sweeter and sweeter every single day. I think about the loved ones that have gone on before. I think about some of the precious saints that are waiting there to tell us all the glory we've been missing out on. I think about my three little children I'll get to meet. I think about the, the, the problems that will no longer be there. I think about the, 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 the opportunities just to sit at the feet of Jesus. As I picture myself holding onto that rope and saying, is it worth it any longer? So at that moment that I start to consider some things, and I start with the name of Jesus Christ, what a wonderful name. But the dealings of God in my own personal life and God investing so much in my life. And if I were to say, Lord, I'm done at this point, I wonder as I stopped, if I just said, Lord, I quit right this very moment, if it would just break the heart of Jesus. Oh, I have done so much in your life and you're missing and you're focusing only on this. But would you consider this right here? 
And I ask you this question, what are you considering this morning? You see, this morning you might have walked into the house of God and you consider all of the negative things and you're focused on all of the problems and all of the situations that aren't going your way. But if you just stop for a few moments and just sit at the feet of Jesus and consider Him, for consider Him, if you would, His dealings in your life, what He's done for you. If the only thing He ever did was die on the cross for you, that was enough. As you think about these portions of Scripture, you see, number one, God's name is being praised. You think about the psalmist here, he begins to ponder some things. And then if you would, notice with me verse number 9 one more time and we'll be done. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. As you think about that word excellent, that word excellent stands out. It's a little bit greater, if you would. The context is greater. The detail is greater. The meaning is greater. It's a little bit more mighty. It's a little more majestic. It stands out. It's a little more magnificent is the definition here. And in your own personal life, if you were to take a step back for just a few moments, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set the glory above the heavens, and you begin to exalt the name of Jesus and praise Him. Not for just what He's done in your life, but for who He is. You know, far too often in the Christian life, the Christian life in praising the Lord is often contingent upon our circumstances, isn't it? And it ought not be. But we say oftentimes with our actions that we'll praise the Lord when times are good. When times are tough, it's a little bit different. It's a little harder to to get peppy. It's a little harder to get excited when when circumstances aren't all that great. But if you'd stop uh, praising the Lord based on your circumstances and just very simply base your praise on who He is, it changes all things. You know, I love my son regardless of if he comes up and gives me a hug and a kiss and tells me he loves me every single night. I love my my family and my extended family and my church family regardless of if you call me every single day and check in on me. And if we would start praising the Lord simply for who He is and stop basing on our circumstances, some things would change in our lives. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name. He goes on to ponder some things. When I consider, how do you view the Lord this morning? And he closes out by saying, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. As you go through and look at verse number 1 of Psalm 9, notice how it picks back up. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, for they shall fall and perish at thy presence. As you go on and read Psalm 9, it picks up where Psalm 8 stops. Praising the Lord. Could I encourage you to start your day by praising the Lord and to end your day by praising the Lord? You have a spirit of thankfulness. Thank the Lord for what He's done in your life. Can I share with you, whatever God has done in your life is far greater than anything you could do in your own life. And you say, oh, you don't understand how bad life is. Well, it could be a lot worse. If God wasn't in it, could I encourage you? Think on the name of Jesus and think on his dealings. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Lord, we do thank you this morning. We thank you for your grace. 
I thank you for your dealings in my personal life. And Lord, what a Savior you are. I pray that, Lord, we would no longer be numbed in the name of Jesus, but, Lord, we'd be so stirred up, Lord, that we'd go and share the gospel and tell people of the difference that you have made in our lives. I pray that you'd guide us now, be with this invitation. Lord, may we do business with you. May we think on your name, praise you. And, Lord, think on the many dealings in our personal lives and how you've brought us to where we are now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for taking my life and, Lord, showing me what you desire to do. And, Lord, I pray that you would continue to do the same. And, Lord, that I would be yielded and surrendered to all that you have. I pray that our church family would do the same. Lord, help us to lay it all on the altar, surrender our lives, and follow wholly after you. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.